Welcome to the Pig Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Pig Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve pig health, welfare, and performance. Hi, I'm Rhonda Pick, Managing Editor of Pig Health Today. Joining me is Dr. Paul Sundberg, Executive Director of the Swine Health Information Center. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So Schick, also known as the Swine Health Information Center, um, recently is in its five-year anniversary. You were founded in 2015. Yeah. Um, give us some, some highlights as you look back and reflect on the past five years. What are some notable sure. things? Well, um, the mission of Schick, to start with, we looked at what we had to do to address emerging diseases, um, non-regulatory emerging diseases, too. The PED outbreak in 2013 taught everybody a lesson about communication and about cooperation and coordination. So the center was formed to monitor for emerging diseases, um, to look internationally and domestically for things that are happening and coming at us, to um, do targeted research to help make sure that we're prepared for those things that come. One of the things that happened when we uh, got PED in the outbreak was um, it, we heard about it in May and everybody went, what's PED? And how do we address it? And we had to do a lot of research real quickly. And one of the efforts that we're trying to do here is to not repeat that, to be better prepared. And the other thing, the last thing that Schick is trying to get done is analyze data. With the PED outbreak, it was a real opportunity for producers to share information. They really opened up about the health of their herds and what are you doing and what am I doing? And, and sharing that information and getting together. That communication is one of the things we're trying to take advantage of because um, that communication, that sharing of data leads to analysis of the data and that'll help everybody. So that was the start in 2015. Um, some of the things that, that I'm real happy that we were able to get done. Um, in 2015, when we started, the major veterinary diagnostic labs um, for pigs, uh, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, South Dakota State, and Kansas State, um, all had different systems for reporting their, their results. And they all did very well in doing it. There wasn't any problem with the laboratories, but they all had different systems in, in being able to report those. And that meant that anybody that wanted to get all that data together and look for emerging diseases had to have a programmer sit in the basement in, a, in some place with a computer and trying to figure out where everything was from this lab and that lab and how it would work together for just one thing. Not a coordinated effort. Not a coordinated <laughs> effort at all. And so one of, the, one of the foundational projects that we got done was coordinating all that. Um, putting those laboratories together so now they report and message all of those laboratory results in the same manner. And that can lead then to our analysis of all that data. So if something's going on in Pennsylvania and it comes to Iowa State and the same thing's happening in Georgia, but it goes to Minnesota, 
we put that together instead of those being one-off things, it's all put together and we can look for things. And there's a lot of power in the numbers because I, I believe you've said in a previous interview with us that those four diagnostic labs represent 96% yeah, of the data, so very significant. Yeah, so, so that was a good thing. We got that going and that's led to a lot of progress. The Morrison Swine Health Monitoring Project is another uh, example of cooperation and communication, sharing of data, and the center's been supportive of that right from the start. So that's also, I think, a way to push things forward as we've gone. So really, what it amounts to is what we're trying to ha have happen is that communication and coordination. Um, when we looked at the PED outbreak, uh, Canada looked like they had a much better coordinated response. And we did all we could do as quickly as possible. Um, but, but the center is really working to try to help coordinate response, make sure we're prepared, and make sure we're ready. What is the latest update related to your, your rapid response teams that were uh, formed as part of the program? Yeah, the rapid response teams were formed but again, I, I keep hearkening back to the PED outbreak because that's where we learned a lot of lessons. Um, we did rapid response teams with, in response to PED because what we had was outbreaks on farms that we didn't understand at all. Um, high biosecurity farms would break with that disease and we didn't know why. So we, we formed this rapid response team that went out there to try to help and figure out how it got into there um, in order to let everybody else know. It worked well, it was a response, it wasn't rapid. We had to fly people across the country. Sometimes it was two weeks before we'd get onto the farm. And, and so that didn't work well as far as the rapid part. What we've done with the rapid response teams and the rapid response core now is we've signed up veterinarians, uh, epidemiologists, and uh, animal scientists from all over the country um, in different regions. We've got six different regions. And, um, and they are offering to, when they get a telephone call, be on a farm within 72 hours after we're invited. So within three days, that's the objective. Anywhere in the country, instead of having to fly to them, we can drive. Boots on the ground. Right there, right when we need them. So it'll be much more effective. So if we shift gears a little bit and, and look to 2020 and beyond the next several years, yeah. you have a very exciting initiative that's recently started up um, in collaboration with Vietnam. Can you talk a little bit more about what, what's happening there and what you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. And it's, it's pointing toward African swine fever. So this is a situation where the Swine Health Information Center, I said non-regulatory diseases, but also filling in the gaps in, in what we need to have happen in any area, trying to be quick enough to address those types of things. African swine fever is gonna be a regulatory disease, but there's a gap in our knowledge. And again, it's similar to PED in that um, if we get African swine fever, we wanna know those lessons that we need to know without having to wait in order to be able to respond. So September of last year, with the help of the National Pork Producers Council, the center got a grant from the Foreign Ag Service, and um, that was to do two things. One, what's termed capacity building in Vietnam, which is really an educational program. Uh, workshops, online training systems, those types of things to give them information, give the Vietnamese information about African swine fever to help them respond. That's one part. The second part is the part that I'm excited about, and that is the, the projects that are going to be happening 
on the farms in Vietnam to help us and help them learn the lessons about how to manage and how to respond. So for example, um, one of the things that happens when, the, when you clean up a, a building with ASF is you can disinfect the building with, and you know you have disinfected it well, but the PCR, the test that you do for the ASF virus, still turns up positive. So that test doesn't tell you if it's a dead virus or a live virus, it just finds a piece of the virus. One of the things we want to do, just one of them, is to um, try to figure out how we can disinfect and neutralize the virus so we get a negative Cleaner PCR. Test results. So we know that when it's, when it's neutralized, we know that when it's clean, that it's gone and, and have a negative PCR. We're going to look at baking time for trailers, those types of things. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll look at composting and we'll look at the virus in manure pits. When one of the big things that we're going to do also is um, working with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and USDA um, test oral fluids as a, t as a surveillance mechanism for ASF. Right now, the only way that we have approved by USDA or Canada uh, for testing for African swine fever in live pigs is to pull whole blood and test whole blood. And that is going to be difficult because um, you've got to make sure that it's not clotted. You've got to handle individual animals. All of those things, there's logistics issues with that. We're going to have to do it if we get ASF now. But if we can look toward oral fluids as a way to do surveillance, that will be so much easier for the producers. It will be so much more efficient and so much more cost effective that, um, that we're looking forward to, to working with them on that. So as a farm breaks with ASF, for example, in Vietnam, we'll be out on that farm collecting oral fluids from the farm, um, from each of the pens, and doing tests on those oral fluids to ensure that we can find it uh, as soon as it gets there. So those are some of the things, just some of the lessons that we're trying to learn before ASF gets here um, by collaborating and cooperating with folks in Vietnam. So what, what final advice do you have for producers and veterinarians as they think about emerging and transboundary diseases, you know, as far as take-home messages? Yeah, really the take-home message is don't be complacent and, and don't assume you know what you have. Always get professional help um, because making an assumption will leave whatever it is out there, out there longer. And, and with African swine fever or any emerging disease, if we get professional help, find out what's going on. And that's one of the things that the center offers too. If you get into, if producers get into a, a dead end or their veterinarian says, yeah, that diagnostic lab report says this is what it is, but I don't believe it. Because that happens in practice. You say, yeah, that's what it says, but there's something different going on there. The center offers help in further diagnostics. Um, we don't want to let things drop. We don't want to we don't want to give an opportunity for an emerging disease to happen simply because somebody didn't have funds to continue on with looking. So don't be complacent and, and be inquisitive and don't take for granted and don't ever assume. Get professional help with all things that have to do with those pigs because we're here to help and try to figure out what's going on. Thanks for listening to the Pig Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting pighealthtoday.com slash join.